0: This is an ABC podcast. Let's start with race and religion in the United States, where this concept of Christian nationalism has taken hold, especially among white evangelicals. The biggest evangelical church, the Southern Baptist Convention, is now facing its own reckoning over racial issues. Morgan Lee is international editor of the influential evangelical magazine Christianity Today. She's reported extensively on Christian nationalism, and I met her during her recent visit to Australia.
1: Obviously, the most flagrant example for people of Christian nationalism was the insurrection on January 6th, which saw a lot of Christian imagery among the folks that made their way inside the Capitol building, and that were part of the Stop the Steel marches and so forth, and this idea of God and country being very closely linked. This is something that, in my mind, to the extent that the American Christians have been leaders in it, which I'm not sure they have, I think this kind of phenomena can take place in multiple places around the world, whether it's someplace like Hungary, Hungary has really adopted really Christian but kind of like historical Christian identity and Um, and I
0: think I should say you put that in air quotes inverted commas yeah yeah yeah.
1: right it's not necessarily like we want everyone to believe in Jesus mentality Mm. it's about we want to defend Christendom type Mm. of situation to the fact that Brazil this year had its own kind of version um, on January 8th where again a number of people showed up at different buildings in their capital and those folks also had religious terms and signs and expressions that were being used to kind of like talk about that day.
0: Is white evangelicalism simply a matter of race?
1: I think that many people see it as a particular cultural component in there, especially to the extent that which you might see it as a reactionary movement. If it's something that is spurring up in regards to a perceived loss of identity or culture, that it somehow goes beyond that. I will say that white evangelicals generally hold particular political points that are not necessarily unique to them. There's plenty of other conservatives who may not be that way, whether they end up being Catholic, so white Catholics might hold similar positions, or you might have groups like Latino evangelicals who might hold similar positions. But definitely, as kind of a cultural shorthand, when people are thinking of white evangelicals, often they're immediately connotation is politics.
0: Given that in the United States, and I, I'm pretty sure that it replicates what's happening in Australia. Often the people of deepest faith are not white. Mm -hmm. They're of immigrant communities. What is white evangelicalism missing out on?
1: I will say, I think, and I don't want to generalise to everyone that's not a white evangelical, but in many of these immigrant congregations, there's a huge passion. There's this sense Mm -hmm. of like real enthusiasm that doesn't feel forced about who Jesus is, about appreciation for having had the opportunity to encounter Jesus, especially the churches that may um, be largely composed of people who converted to Christianity once they arrived to the U.S. or around before that. There's this sense of like, wow, I'm so grateful that I'm in this position and I'm not taking it for granted or I'm not taking for the granted the ability to practice my faith as I would like to. I do think too, with regards to Latin American immigrants as well. Mm. We see a lot of these Latin American immigrants who grew up in a Catholic environment and later on became evangelical. And maybe amongst folks like me at CT, we might see like, oh, there's a lot of commonalities between Catholicism and Protestantism, but for people who grew up in one type of environment, they see quite a different way that their faith is expressed and an ability to relate to God, to see that feel the eminence of God, that God responds to a lot of their like material needs in a way that feels just extremely personal and, again, elicits a certain level of like enthusiasm that I'm not sure that necessarily the white evangelical church... I, mean, I think we kind of take it for granted.
0: Yeah. What does it mean today to be a young woman of a mixed-race background living in what you describe as a white evangelical culture?
1: That's a really interesting question, Andrew, and. I've been fortunate that I've had a lot of time to reflect on that not only because of the years that I've spent working at Christianity today but also having moved to Hawaii recently where that question looks very different than when I lived in Chicago. I would say that in many ways, like many identities, it's been complicated. There's a lot of different ways in which Christianity has interacted with my past. So for instance on my mom's side who is Caucasian, my grandparents were actually missionaries in Zimbabwe for about five years. The Hawaiian side of my identity, my dad actually became a Christian in university. However, Christianity entered Hawaii through missionaries who now have a pretty complicated legacy with how we perceive them and understand the impact and the connection that they had with the eventual overthrow of the Kingdom of Hawaii. And then my also family who is Chinese as well. The Chinese moved to Hawaii in the late 1880s, which is about the time that they entered my family. So it's interesting because there's just so many complicated and challenging narratives. Obviously, even though you can see what this mission is saying, there was a strong sense of evangelism that took the gospel to all these different places. At the same time, there were significant blind spots and ways in which the church did hurt people who were of various backgrounds or, in some instances, failed to stand up for them in the midst of that. And then there's, of course, been significant challenges that the evangelical churches had in the U.S., not only with including people who are not white, but also taking them seriously, elevating them into places of leadership. There's been times where evangelical can become just shorthand for white conservative
0: How has the White Evangelical Church in America, and I'm thinking particularly here of the Southern Baptist Convention, Mm -hmm. the largest evangelical group in the United States, how has it been wrestling with its past when it comes to race?
1: Since the Southern Baptist denomination was formed, one would argue it has had the opportunity to wrestle with it for that entire time. For people who aren't familiar with this denomination, the Baptist split around the time of the Civil War in the States over the issue of slavery. And specifically, the Southern Baptists were there to sanction slavery, where, there's, where the Northern Baptists were like, we don't want any part of that, and they kind of wiped their hands about that. And so, as you can imagine, just in the same way that sanctioning slavery haunts the United States, these attitudes and perspectives about slavery continues to haunt the Southern Baptist Convention even though, right, I mean, there's no one that would condone slavery in any type of way since then. But it's an organization that has, has really been slow to widely address the fact that there are African-American Christians and leaders who are part of the denomination, whose churches are a part of the denomination, and yet it's been very rare that you see African-American leadership either represented as the president of the convention or as seminary leaders or holding other different type of like denominational positions.
0: I think that officially in 1995 and then again in 2021 the Southern Baptist Convention apologized for its failures on race. It did that in an official sense but how seriously have communities of color taken that approach?
1: There's been various answers to that. There are plenty of denominations who feel quite content and comfortable in a denomination that supports very similar things to them. I currently attend a congregation that is run by a Filipino American. He really loves the fact that the Southern Baptists support missions work around the world, and that's what keeps him in the Southern Baptist thing. He's not constantly putting a bumper sticker on his car that's like, I'm proud to be part of the SBC, but he feels alignment with the fact that he sees them having this really big passion to share Christianity with everyone around the world. And so some of the things that they may say around race or the blunders, he's cognizant of them, but he's not necessarily on the front lines of some of these like national battles that are there. And I do think that there's a number of Christians from different backgrounds who feel like they can connect sufficiently with other parts of the Southern Baptist Denomination. One of the things that's unique about it is that there's not a lot of theological types of um, tenets that you have to uphold. If you're part of the Southern Baptist Denomination, it generally allows for more creativity.
0: Well, well, actually, Morgan, I've read a critique where it says that sometimes it's more entertainment than (laughs) catechesis, that is theology.
1: (laughs) Sure, and that's gonna vary by church, right? But definitely for denominations that can tend to be like Yes, super big on their level of theology. That's not, I'm not going to say they don't care about theology, but it's, it's a little bit different than other places where it's saying like, here's a line by line, every single thing. It's super enumerated, right? There's far more bandwidth with who gets to call themselves Southern Baptist um, than some other denominations. But for other people, you know, it's felt very fraught to see the Southern Baptist Convention consistently in the news for issues that have to do with race. So. A couple years ago, there was one of the issues where someone had put forth something at one of the national conventions to condemn the alt-right. This measure did not pass as immediately as was expected. From what I understand, there was an administrative hurdle about why that did not happen. But regardless of whether there was an administrative hurdle or not, there was the optics of the sense of, like, what, why is it hard for this denomination to pass this? And then more recently, there's been a lot of, I don't know how much your listeners are clued into the whole... Discussion for lack of a better word that we're having in the US about critical race theory. Yeah But that was a huge issue at the last type of convention and there's been pressure on seminary heads to condemn critical race theory and Critical race theory this kind of agitation that people have felt about that has come really soon after the whole George Floyd movement Black Lives Matter movement how you respond to the George Floyd incident and so there's been black evangelicals who have felt kind of abandoned
0: Morgan Lee from Christianity Today and this is a special Easter week edition of the Religion and Ethics Report on air and at the ABC Listen app. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.